Welcome back to another episode of the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we cover the topic of vitamin D found under the nutrition section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a quick snapshot. A child presents who is known to have hypophosphatemia. On physical exam, the child has bowing of the lower extremities and short stature. It's noted that he has a waddling gait. This is an example of a complication due to vitamin D deficiency. So let's jump right into it. The causes of vitamin D deficiency include lack of sunlight and lack of dietary intake. The deficiency is rare in developed countries due to food supplementation and lifestyles that expose people to the sun. Now let's discuss the presentation of vitamin D deficiency. Osteomalacia is caused by vitamin D deficiency in adults. This can mimic osteoporosis. Rickets, on the other hand, is caused by vitamin D deficiency in children. This can present with craniotabes, which is thinning of skull bones, rickettic rosary, which is costochondral thickening that looks like a string of beads, Harrison's groove, which is a depression along the line of diaphragmatic insertion into ribcage, pigeon breast, which is pectus carinatum, bowing of legs, which is the most common presentation, and waddling gait and short stature. To evaluate for vitamin D deficiency, you can use labs, which will show a low vitamin D level, and know that calcium levels in the blood are normal. You can also use imaging, as vitamin D deficiency can also be diagnosed by x-ray, which shows radiolucency in combination with a low vitamin D level seen on labs. Now let's discuss vitamin D excess. Causes of excess include supplementation, usually greater than 10 times the recommended daily amount. The condition is also seen in sarcoidosis due to increased activation of vitamin D by epithelioid macrophages. The presentation of vitamin D excess includes polyuria, polydipsia, and nocturia. You can also see hypercalcemia and hypercalciuria. As a side note, know that high blood calcium concentration promotes metastatic calcification. Other common presentations include loss of appetite and stupor, and know that high levels of vitamin D promotes bone resorption. With that brief overview of vitamin D, let's try some practice questions. Question 1. A 4-year-old immigrant from Africa presents to his pediatrician for an initial visit. The child just immigrated from Africa and is now living in his new home. The patient is small for his age and is in the 5th percentile for height and 10th percentile for weight. His parents are concerned as the child has complained of leg pain and chest pain ever since he was tackled while playing soccer. A radiograph of the chest is ordered and is seen in figure A found on the MedBullets website. If you have the opportunity, I recommend pulling up this chest x-ray and taking a quick look. Cardiac and pulmonary exam are within normal limits. Laboratory values are ordered. Which of the following group of laboratory changes are expected in this patient? Is it one, a decrease in calcium, a decrease in phosphorus, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, an increase in PTH, and a decrease in colcalciferol? Two, a decrease in calcium, a decrease in phosphorus, a decrease in alkaline phosphatase, an increase in PTH, and an increase in colcalciferol? Three, an increase in calcium, a decrease in phosphorus, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, an increase in PTH, and a decrease in colcalciferol. Four, an increase in calcium, 
an increase in phosphorus, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, a decrease in PTH, and an increase in cholecalciferol, or five, a decrease in calcium, phosphorus, alkaline phosphatase, and cholecalciferol, and just an increase in PTH. Take a moment and come up with an answer for what you think happens to calcium, phosphorus, alkaline phosphatase, PTH, and cholecalciferol. The correct answer is one. You would expect a decrease in calcium, a decrease in phosphorus, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, an increase in PTH, and a decrease in cholecalciferol. This patient is presenting with radiography significant for skeletal pathology suggestive of vitamin D deficiency, rickets. Patients with vitamin D deficiency will have a decreased calcium, phosphorus, and cholecalciferol and an increased alkaline phosphatase and PTH. Patients with vitamin D deficiency can present with genuverum, which is seen in illustration A on medbullets.com, and rachitic rosary, which was actually seen on the chest radiograph on figure A, and this is due to decreased mineralization of bone. Other symptoms of rickets includes craniotabes and frontal bossing. Vitamin D is converted to its active form by 25 hydroxylase in the liver and one alpha hydroxylase in the kidney. Active vitamin D is involved in calcium absorption, phosphate absorption, and bone mineralization. When vitamin D is deficient, calcium and phosphorus levels will be low. The low serum calcium will trigger the parathyroid glands to release more PTH, thus PTH levels are high, and the high PTH levels will result in an elevated alkaline phosphatase level. Treatment for these patients is vitamin D replacement. Now for the incorrect answers. Answer two, low calcium, low phosphorus, low alkaline phosphatase, high PTH, and high cholecalciferol does not reflect the elevated alkaline phosphatase seen in Ricketts patients or the low vitamin D level. Answer three, high calcium, low phosphorus, high alkaline phosphatase, high PTH, and low cholecalciferol reflects primary hyperthyroidism. Elevated PTH levels lead to increased calcium as well as phosphate wasting. Elevated PTH levels are also associated with elevated alkaline phosphatase levels. Answer four. High calcium, high phosphorus, high alkaline phosphatase, low PTH, and high cholecalciferol reflects vitamin D intoxication. High levels of vitamin D will lead to increased absorption of calcium and phosphate. The high serum calcium will suppress PTH release. The alkaline phosphatase level in this condition could be elevated, normal, or low. Answer five. Low calcium, low phosphorus, low alkaline phosphatase, high PTH, and low cholecalciferol could reflect secondary hyperparathyroidism where the elevated PTH is secondary to the decreased serum calcium. Now for a bullet summary. Vitamin D deficiency will demonstrate a decreased serum calcium, phosphorus, and cholecalciferol, and an increased alkaline phosphatase and PTH. All right, let's try another practice question. Question two. A 55-year-old woman who is an established patient presents to your office. She is complaining of increased urination and increased thirst. 
she has recently began taking several over-the-counter vitamins and supplements. On further review, she reports she has also been having abdominal pain and constipation. She denies significant weight changes. Her finger stick blood glucose in your office is 96 mg per deciliter. Which of the following tests is most likely to provide the diagnosis? Is it 1. Pyridoxine levels, 2. Niacin levels, 3. Calcium level, 4. Hemoglobin A1c, or 5. Free T4 levels? The correct answer is 3. Calcium level. This patient is most likely demonstrating the symptoms of vitamin D toxicity. Vitamin D toxicity can be seen with ingestion of supplements containing very high levels of vitamin D, usually greater than about 10 times the recommended daily amount. A similar presentation may also be seen in sarcoidosis due to increased production of vitamin D by epithelioid macrophages. Presentation may include polyuria, polydipsia, nocturia, hypercalcemia, and hypercalciuria. Abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and occasionally pancreatitis can be seen. Illustration A on MedBullets.com depicts the major steps in the metabolism of vitamin D, including successive hydroxylation steps. Now let's cover the incorrect answers. Answer 1. Pyridoxine toxicity typically includes tachypnea and sensory neuropathies. Answer 2. Niacin toxicity frequently includes flushing, puritis, and vasodilation. Answer 4. Elevated blood glucose is less likely to be the cause here, given the patient's normal finger stick blood glucose. Answer 5. Abnormalities in thyroid hormone levels are less likely. Hyperthyroidism would be more likely to cause diarrhea than constipation. Hypothyroidism would be likely to present with weight gain. With those practice questions, we wrap up today's discussion of vitamin D. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets podcast thus far, we'd appreciate your consideration in leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.